Ninja Gaiden. Ninja Action. Welcome to Nostalgia, a chronological exploration of every NES game released in North America. I'm Mike. And I'm Sean. And that's it? That's it for today? You would think, you would think it's a very important episode. I, I would think at least. So Sean, do you think this is an important episode? It seems like it's a pretty important episode, but re- real quick, Mike, uh, we just had a discussion about the pronunciation of the title of this game before we recorded, and you still said it weird. I feel like the only way to say this is in a way that, like, no one's ever heard it before, so this way (laughs) you can't argue, you know, with the the Gaiden or Gaiden fans. You just say Gaiden. Gaiden. It's like French. It's like French. It's Gaiden. Ninja Gaiden. Ooh, I like that. Ninja Gaiden. Yeah, I love it. I like that. I think that's cool. Or we could just refer to it as Ninja Action, which is actually not quite on the back of the box but um it, it it is two words on the back of the box and that was the best i could pull from it's the first two words on the back of the box so you get what you get sometimes when it comes to uh the opening titles of a nostalgia episode yeah and the the legacy of this game kind of precedes it 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 does it does but i don't know about you but when i think of this whole franchise i imagine an incredibly difficult franchise that has honestly made me shy away from it over the last 30 years of my life. Absolutely. I'm I'm right there with you. I Because of all of the horror stories I've heard about this game, it was sort of like a Ghosts and Goblins thing, but more people, I, I feel like, uh, were playing Ninja Gaiden more, um, or at least like th- games in this series more than Ghosts and Goblins more recently. Um, so I had some friends that played the more, like the modern versions, uh, but even even then I was like, no, thank you. I'd prefer to play a game that is is a little less hard, even though I never really played. Yeah, in a way, the reputation of the reboot series on uh, the Xbox, it, that to me was like before Dark Souls. That was Dark Souls. Like you just had yeah. this reputation of it being incredibly hard, and I was like, well, why would I? Why would I buy a game like that? You know, and it turns out like those can be fun. Um, but yeah, this whole series is brand new to me, um, including this NES game. I had never touched it before. How about you? I hadn't played this. I hadn't even played the Xbox version. All I know of the Xbox version is that it had laughably over the top cutscenes, um, uh, and, and characterizations. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is my first exposure to Ninja Gaiden in general. And you know, when we were playing uh, Castlevania II Simon's Quest a while back, that was another game that had a reputation to it. And I think we all came to the conclusion of, like, you know, isn't this weird that, like, this and Zelda Two are coming out around the same time and they have, like, similar gameplay styles? Uh, of course, Castlevania Two, you know, it, like, it beat it here in the States, but it actually came out long after in Japan. So uh, it was technically copying Zelda Two. Here, I was very surprised to see how much uh, of Ninja Gaiden is really just Castlevania 1. <laughs> you know, I didn't actually put that together, but I, I kind of get what you're saying there. Um, I feel like the movement in this game is really what sets it apart. Um, there, there's definitely some parts of 
Castlevania one uh, in terms of its controls and like uh, the speed of the movement and some of the sticky shit with that. Um, that I think feels a little bit better in this game. Uh, but in terms of like the general layout and the and uh, and like the, the general structure, I, I do agree. Yeah, I could see a lot of a lot of Castlevania in this. It's pretty crazy. Like you look at the UI, and it's almost like one to one the same. Uh, there's there's bats in this game. <laughs> there's bats. there's these little guys who are like hunched, and then they all of a sudden they just like spring out into action and attack you. It reminds me of those. Uh, same like characters that go up against you in the Frankenstein level of Castlevania. <laughs> I just think it's like it's just insane how many parallels there are, and I think most of what you're going to hear me say in this episode are improvements I would also apply to Castlevania. Um, but it's no surprise Castlevania is my favorite NES game so far. So I think like you know Ninja Gaiden copying the formula might not hurt it. I just wasn't expecting it. Yeah, um, for some reason, I don't know if I'm thinking of the right game series. Um, what I was expecting from this game was one hit KO. Is that Shinobi? Or is that like a Ninja Gaiden thing? No, that's a that's that's not a Ninja Gaiden thing. So I don't know if that's a Shinobi thing. I never played Shinobi. That's Sega's Ninja yeah. series. But um, I'm surprised, you know... The the one hit thing, and I remember we talked about that in a in a previous episode too. Um, that would like to me that would explain why people think this game is so difficult. That's sort and... of what made me think of like, why I never wanted to play the freaking new ones is because I felt like oh one hit you're dead. Uh, but um, once again we're sort of experiencing these games differently than their legacy would suggest. Um, in previous episodes. And so I'm not really sure where you want to start when you talk about uh, Ninja Gaiden here because, uh, you know, you get right into the gameplay and, and everything that that has to offer. But I think that before all of that, there's also just a, a presentation yeah. element to the game uh, that lets you know. And I think we talked about this in a previous episode, too, of like sometimes <laughs> you play a game and you know that it's going to be like a good time, uh, especially on these earlier games, because right away, like based on the way that the character feels or the way that the game is uh, is drawn out, like, you can tell, like, ah, I'm not going to really like this. Something about the very start of this game and the way it handled itself, like, immediately let me know, like, I'm probably going to enjoy this. Did you feel that? Uh, yeah, I would say that the, um, the where I want to start is the presentation, uh, because when I read the manual for this, I was I was very enthused to read that they have, like, what what's it called, like, Tecmo uh theater or something. Uh, is it Tecmo? Um I, I forget yes, it is Tecmo, but I forget okay. what they um Yeah, they called it Tecmo what Theater. They, called it. they actually and, copyrighted that term. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like their word for cutscenes. And I really appreciate these cutscenes. They're um I think they've they feel a little bit better than even like Golgo 13, which so far is sort of like the um I find the best cutscenes so far, um, especially better than Rambo. Um, and it actually seems to tell a coherent story. I don't know how much it's sort of related to the gameplay. It seems like 
the story is sort of happening in a different world than the gameplay, but um, there it's really great art. Um, the music's fine. Uh, I really, I really like the idea of a, of a guy in full ninja gear, just sitting in an office in the CIA. Um, lots of great stuff here. Great animation from where there actually is animation. It's over 20 minutes of cinematic cutscenes in an NES game, uh, which sounds crazy. But also, you can you can skip all of this easily. You don't have to watch these scenes, which is also like a nice breath of That's fresh crazy. air. That yeah. You can just hit the start button and move on to the next level, and it's like no big deal. But the acts, uh, you know, there's six acts in the game. They actually feel like 30-minute episodes of an anime, right? <laughs> yeah, they got that feel to them. Uh especially um, because their length sort of shifts as the game goes on. I feel like Act 1 is like one level long, and uh, there's sort of more stuff going on in the later ones, but there's more meat to the story. Um, I I really enjoyed these. It was a really good uh, reward for completing a level. Yeah, it was unexpected when it first happened after the completion of the first level. I was was like, whoa, this is... This is happening. Like uh, we're actually gonna like get some story and stuff. Yeah. It's, it's completely unnecessary, but and like you said, it doesn't necessarily feel like it's happening in the same world. Except for that really cool scene. I think it's in Act Four or Three where you get to like the end of the mountain, and all of a sudden it cuts to a cutscene. That oh like, felt, yeah yeah like, that felt cool. That felt cinematic. Very yeah, I agree. Uh, is that where is that the one that's sort of like the wide shot of uh, finally discovering this giant mountain in the middle of the Amazon? Yep, exactly. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that they could have just seen from the helicopter, but whatever. And I oh, guess I didn't yeah. really expect like that kind of world in Ninja Gaiden. I, I think I expected like not even that time period, right? Like did you expect um Ryu, who is the ninja, like did you expect him to exist along the same time as like the CIA in America? <laughs> like, no, I had no idea that this game had anything to do with uh the West. I thought it was sort of going to take place in old-timey Japan. Well, allegedly, uh, according to the Tecmo developers, they actually made the game because, in their own words, ninjas were having a renaissance in North America. Like, I don't know if they are specifically calling out the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which are also becoming incredibly popular. <laughs> That's some great market the- research. Just, you know it's I'm just saying? the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> well, there was probably a bunch of ninja blockbuster movies, too, right? Like, I, I gotta think that... Um, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but even things like Karate Kid have to be helping, like, the idea uh, of ninjas. <laughs> you know what? You're probably right. I don't know. I just feel like ninjas, even early 90s, like, ninjas is, like, a big thing, and it's not exclusive to turtles. It's not. Um, no, I, I, I can see that. I think when, I, when you think back to the culture of the 80s, I think there's a lot of ninja-themed stuff. So you're right. But the whole game just has, like, a, you know, since we're still on presentation here, it does just have, like, an odd mishmash uh, of um, of enemies and, and vibes going on. I mean, like, football players kind of attack you, it looks like, <laughs> right? Like, are those guys wearing helmets? Like, am I crazy here? They look, uh, they look like football players. I yeah. can't tell what their artwork was in the manual, though. And then there's night. boxers. There's just guys who just want to box you. It's like, who who is this army? Did I see a priest that was throwing, like, crucifixes at you? Or is that me just, I don't know. 
Well, it, it, technically, I don't know if I don't know why you jumped to priest because I'm pretty sure that's like a ghoul. Uh, oh, but <laughs> well, it's a like ghoul if you look priest. at the face, yeah, it's a ghoul priest, um, which are normal in that area of America. Yeah, and um, and there's just something I think there's just something funny about that, but it didn't bother me at all because, like you said, like you know, this is it's like an anime. It's kind of silly. The story's all over the place too. It's like. You've killed your your you know your father's been killed. You've been captured by the CIA. You don't know who this mysterious woman is. Up, oh, your father hasn't been killed. Turns out he's been turned into the you know the big bad oh, boss. I didn't you know, it's know like, that. Oh, you didn't. Oh, you didn't get to stage six. I would just like to say that this game is very hard, and I make no apologies for the fact that I did not make it to stage six. <laughs> All right, so before we before we like break down the gameplay elements, we let's talk about that because you're saying that the game is very hard. I completely agree with you, but it it happens in a weird way, right? The game isn't actually hard, and it is very enjoyable yeah. to uh, to be Ryu and uh, you know hop onto the walls and hang onto the ledges and attack the enemies and get the cool power ups. Like that's all fun, and I don't think any of the enemies are unfair. I think there's just a a point in this game where they should have said. You know, we really need to reevaluate if the enemies should just spawn in constantly. That uh, is as the main move. issue with with the with the gameplay in this game is, and and we've we've damned games for this um, that have lesser qualities elsewhere. Um, it it's just it makes some sections almost impossible um, unless you. Uh, play play the game in a much more conservative way, which I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. Um, and it's a little bit more strategic than just like holding down right the right, uh, holding down going to the right. Um, but it, it's a little unintuitive. Uh, I did end up getting better at this game as I played, like like I would hope most people would. But there were still a lot of places that I just uh, that that like respawn that just it just would soft lock me in some ways yeah there needed to be a cap on number of enemies and i know there are people who have beaten this game who are going to disagree there but i think you know the 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 fun part of beating any video game not even just nes games isn't how hard they are it's how good it feels to beat those games and i don't know about you sean but like if i could have beaten this game I absolutely would have. I would have went for it. Like I was having a great time with it. It just it gets it? to a point. It gets to a point uh, on act on act five and definitely act six where this thing wants you to like, you know, I couldn't even imagine how I would land on the next ledge while the enemies are all still there. And there's a bird trying to get me. <laughs> and I have, and I have tremendous knockback, a yeah. thing that we complained a lot about in Castlevania, which again is here, you know, other games have knockback too, but I think since we're, since we're talking about it here in Castlevania, we might as well talk about it for Ninja Gaiden, uh, Gaiden, Gaidan, uh, whatever you want to say. Gaiden. Uh, yeah, we've got to talk about it because the knockback decision feels like something that is just a relic of like, well, you know, I can't imagine, I can't imagine the developers, let me phrase it another way. I can't imagine anybody saying, the knockback is going to help the player. It's only designed there to hurt you. I think that I think the game needs knockback. I think most games that have this sort of design like does need knockback or else things get a little a, a little easier in the like balance gets thrown off in the other direction. I just think that uh you need a longer period of 
invincibility. We're getting into nitty gritty now, but I think you need a longer period of invincibility after getting hit and getting knocked back and hopefully not falling into a pit so that you can, if you need to just run past that enemy on that platform um, and just like, like lick your wounds and just be thankful that you didn't lose a life. Uh, I think that that's a pretty good compromise uh, in terms of, uh, all the issues that we, or all those problems that we can get into, uh, just by getting knocked back into into gullies every time. Okay, well here here's the the issue with knockback is is like yes, I totally agree with you that there has to be some kind of um knockback. Otherwise, it's like what's the consequence if you have enough health? Like just run through most things, you know. Like I get that. Um, the issue is is that the later stages are just um. You platform know, pit, after platform, yeah. Pitfall heaven, you know, like yeah. There's just like guaranteed that if you're in the middle of a jump, you're you're jumping from one platform to another, and if you get hit by anything, you're not going to be blessed with hit getting hit back into the other platform. You're just going to get into the pit and die anyway. So yeah, I I argue that again, it's just a cruel developer thing here. Where <laughs> either the knockback needed to be removed. Or the enemy design needed to be more, like, thought out because there are just situations in this game, uh, especially later on, where I just felt like, you know, even if I had, like, you know, the Shoryuken to, to throw that to kill uh, the enemies that were on the pre the following platform, as soon as I make a jump or something, like, a bird just swoops out of nowhere. Yeah. Or or an enemy from the, from the other platform spawns, you know? Yeah, there's traps laid for you that... They're, they're, they're real gotcha moments uh, that I don't quite appreciate. Uh, so, no, I agree. Yeah, the, the knockback, maybe it just should stun lock. I don't know. It, it's uh, it's hard to come, up with a, with, to come up with a solution because I don't like saying, like, this needs to be removed and this needs to be removed. I think it just needs to be like, there's gotta be an answer to these, but obviously this game has a pretty good, uh, is, is very good in the memory of a lot of people. So it wasn't the, uh, the killing blow for, uh, for the popularity of the series. Sure. And so rewind for a second, forget that you're not, uh, you know, forget that you're on act five or whatever, go all the way back to act one. You're starting up the game and everything like that. The the core gameplay loop of being Ryu and, uh you know, you don't have any, like, ranged weapon other than some power-ups, so you're really just dealing damage with your sword and everything. How do you feel as, uh and I'm not going to try even say that last name, it's like Hayabusa or something. Hayabusa, like, yeah. I think. Hayabusa, yeah. yeah. It's like, how do you feel as Ryu uh, in the game, and, and um did they did they do the right amount of balancing with making like a character that could easily take down your average enemy, but also, uh, you know, like feel good to play as. Um, so you, you're asking feel like he, so he's, he feels good to play as, but he can also do enough damage. Well, do you, but do you agree with that? You know, like, is, is it like, is it, is there a balance there or is Ryu just kind of like, you know, on a, on a one-to-one enemy level, like he poses no challenge. So kind of the game needed, to add everything back in uh, I, like it oh, does I later see. on in the game. I, I see what you mean. I, I think that um, that there, the, the difficulty definitely comes from the amount of enemies, uh, you know, bosses notwithstanding, um, and just how dense 
the field can get with them. Um, so I don't think that, I, I, but I don't think that the game would be too easy if there were less of them because enough of the game is also uh, like mastering the platform mechanics. Um, and I think that the character is designed in such a way that he like he does feel good to control when you when you are just navigating the levels, um, and also the fact that his standard attack is so short range that you do have to get uh, uncomfortably close to some to in order to actually defeat an enemy. So um, I think that uh, it's I think that he feels pretty good to control. Aside from when you try and change the direction you're facing when you're jumping, that's one of the things that I hated the most about his control scheme. Right. And so you mentioned there's there's two parts of this game. There's uh, you know, there's the combat element of everything, but then there's also, you know, you're a ninja and you've got to navigate these platforms and and jump over these pitfalls. So a lot of the game is jumping, climbing on uh you know, let's call them ledges, but you know, it's really just walls, right? Like you're just yeah. hanging on to walls. You're like Spider-Man, right? <laughs> yeah. Um the, you know, walls and, and just platforms in general. Did the game have a did you almost feel like this is a is a platformer? more than an action game or do, is it still more of an action game i, I think just because the, of the the balance of challenge is definitely heavily in favor of like combat so i would say that this is more of an action game uh but i guess sort of paradoxically most of your deaths will come from falling off the ledge but since the, since those are all due to the enemies uh i'm going to call it an action game <laughs> Right. <laughs> there's there's something about the the platforming in the game too that I don't know, it doesn't feel as nice as it could. Like you mentioned the jumping, right? Which is definitely an issue with the like doing a backwards jump or instead of a forward yeah. jump or like depending on which direction you're facing and stuff. But even the wall climb, right? Like I'm not saying he should have been Spider-Man and had the ability to wall climb, but if I'm able to suspend my disbelief and think that he's just holding on to the wall, I have no reason to think that he's not able to like scale it too, right? Like, well, like I he think should that, be. <laughs> I think that part of the enjoyment of like sort of doing the wall climbing, of jumping back and forth, or in in some senses just jumping and grabbing onto the ledge you're already on a little bit higher. I think that the fact that that's an active process and not just holding the up button is still like enjoyable and adds some amount of challenge that isn't just going to kill you by throwing you off of a uh, into a pitfall. So I okay, now, I like that at least. What about those weird moments though where um you know there is no other wall to jump to and you kind of need to jump over something from the wall you're currently on? I'll just use like uh you know the boss in stage 1 as an example. There is a weird strategy that I I don't know if this is brought up in the manual or not. I don't know if this is like a thing that was intended by the developers. But you can you can sort of inch up by yeah, jumping. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. Yes, and I I hear that, but I'm saying like they could have done that better too, right? Like I feel like that was just done on accident. Like you weren't supposed to be able to jump off and hop back up a little higher <laughs> because that feels so that feels so bad. And honestly, sometimes I just cheesy. wind up being further down. Like I I wind up like, did I make any progress on this? Yeah, I don't think it's intentional. Uh, I, I mean, well, what do we know? But it it does seem like it was definitely something that they noticed and just decided to leave in because anytime that you're supposed to do that 
there is a wall opposite you that you're supposed to be able to jump off of uh, or sort of like bounce off of. Um, so, yeah, it doesn't feel great when you end up just sort of shimmying up by jumping back and forth. But uh, I think that it does add a little bit of skill, um, even though it, it seems like it's not intentional. So I, I vote to keep it. It's an advanced <laughs> strat. I got you. Yeah. That's for, you know, that's for players who dare. Who dare. <laughs> And there's no knockback when you're uh, on a ledge or on a wall or something. You know, it's just like if a bird hits you while you're hanging onto the wall, you just you just flash of damage, but you don't get any knockback. I guess that's a small mercy, yeah. But I don't think it was again. Like I don't think uh, I don't think we needed the knockback anywhere. If you don't need it when you're, you know, if the rules don't apply in certain areas, they shouldn't apply uh, most places. I don't oh, know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't make that kind of absolute. Maybe there shouldn't have been any horizontal knockback. Maybe it should have been like a pop you in the air vertically. Okay, I can live with that. Although, yeah, it still gets confusing. Uh, What do I know? I don't make video games. I don't know. I don't know where you want to go from here, because I think we're you know when we're talking about the game, right? You talk about the platforming, you talk about the, the difficulty, but how do you how do you wrap up like just the the moment to moment action of the game? Like how do you how do you talk about that? Because I thought that part of the game was the most fun. Like actually, just when you were able to get into flow and kill enemies and keep progressing and just you know making progress in a stage uh specifically even those those first four acts even when birds are introduced which don't get me wrong i mean you know birds might might as well be the final boss of the game (laughs) but like there still is a flow at certain points that just feels it feels like a very tight platformer with solid combat and a wide variety of enemies and the power-ups are really cool how how do you uh how do quantify you capture this? that right, yeah. yeah how do you quantify that how do you put value on that uh, i think a lot of it is also just uh, we were talking about presentation in terms of cutscenes and uh all all that stuff before but i i think that a lot of uh what makes the the game moment to moment feel good is the the fact that the the sounds and the sights in the actual level are are impressive as well like when you're in the jungle, like when you first get dropped into the jungle, like that's a, this is some really cool sprite work and uh, like the backgrounds look amazing. And like just the fact that his run animation is so cool, like he doesn't actually move the top, the, the top portion of his body. He's like Naruto running, I guess. Like the top portion of his body isn't moving, but his legs are moving super fast. Like that all sort of like, you know the 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 whole is greater than the sum of its parts like all of these things add up to just a really great feeling game which which is why i feel like we both had uh, a lot more patience for a lot of frustrating deaths um throughout the entire game i i think that's a good way of summing that up is that you you know you reward games that are good to you by putting time into them 
And it's less of a problem in games today just because games today are, you know, one, they're they're much larger in, in team sizes and in playtesting and everything like that. So you won't really run into problems where, like, you know, oh, there's too many enemies at this particular situation. Like, they, they would have probably playtested that to death. But, you know, when you get stuck in a, in a game that you're enjoying... You'll take some time and and, uh, and make the commitment to say like, all right, well, you know, can I can I overcome it, right? Yeah. Whereas in um, you know, in Kung Fu Heroes, <laughs> the game that we just played, there there was very little for me incentive wise to be, you know, like, oh, okay, I'll I'll just keep trying to beat this level where I'm not having a good time with it. Something about Ninja Gaiden here that I really enjoyed was just going back. And and uh, every time, like, you know, this is a fundamental thing of the NES, right? There's no saving. There's no, like, once you power off, you power off, you have to start over again. I enjoyed every time I started this game up, and even though I started back up at the beginning. Like, it just feels good to play through it, and I just kind of accept where I die. I don't get upset that my lives are over and that I didn't beat the game, which is a weird thing to say, <laughs> but it's true. I, I, don't, I don't hate that. I wouldn't well, just start yeah, right back I- up and go back to level one, but I'd come back to it. Yeah, I think that's like sort of where it's sort of the philosophy of a lot of roguelikes is it's just because the the game itself feels good and it's not overly long. Like this game, while it's going to take you a while to beat, like we didn't beat these, this game, um, the game itself isn't all that long. So it's not like you're going to have to wait too long to uh, get to a point where you might make some more progress that you have that you weren't able to get to before. So. Um, I think that uh, that makes you like less frustrated to have to start all over again. I mean, it's still frustrating to have to start all over again. Um, if you uh, like, if you're really deep into a specific stage and you use your continue to start at like four dash one, like there's still a little bit of um, of that frustration. But um, I think that because like levels aren't overly long that plays to its advantage yeah and you know like when you're at a friend's house and they just have super mario brothers and you've played it a million times and you're like oh let's just pop that bad boy in and play you know until we die right yeah like like, one one i've played i've played level one one of super mario brothers countless times (sighs) but i'm not gonna like refuse it the next time it comes up if i'm at like a a Comic-Con or something, and there's, like, a TV that has it up. Like, if the controller's free, I'm going to grab it there, too. <laughs> I kind of feel like that's my Ninja Gaiden now, too, is, like, if I see that game and it's just, like, just has the title screen up, I'm kind of inclined to press start because at least while the going is good and while my mediocre playing uh, seems great, you know, when those when those moments happen, the actual game that they've designed here is awesome. Yeah, I agree. It, it's just, you know, when you get to Act 5-2, all of a sudden the programmers have failed us and uh, we realize that they didn't want anyone to ever beat this game. <laughs> so uh, do, you rem- do you remember 5-2? I, 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 um, I think I kept dying at the, I think it was the boss of 4. Okay, okay. Well, then you were saved from the actual uh, final boss, which is just the pitfall to your death. Because in 5-2, the programmers designed a impossible jump, in my opinion. And I know it's I know it's possible, don't get me wrong. I'm just saying, for, for the average player, and let's be honest, some of you listeners know exactly what I'm talking about. It's just not possible here. There is a... You have to jump down to a lower ledge, okay? okay. 
Sounds fine, right? Except for the lower ledge has a giant wall uh, above it. And so you can't, no matter how you jump, you will either jump and land on that wall. So you'll just like land on that wall and have to jump back to the previous platform. Or you'll jump and fall to your death. There's... There's no, like, perfect jump and fall that gets you in that sweet spot of that other platform. So how do you you, get across? You have to jump. And and this is just me. You know, I'm sure there's better strategies out there. Even though there's a strategy for, like, just using that cheese wall jump uh, to keep climbing up until you clip over the level. Interesting. Um, But, you know, I wasn't that good at that. So what I had to do was you jump land on the side of the platform that you're that you were currently on because that's like you know that's a wall too yeah and then hopefully because that was hard enough to do so if you've managed to do that without losing too many lives then you have to hope that you will successfully jump in between that small little tunnel uh that the that the platform is on and did i mention that there is a bird (laughs) (laughs) That is also trying to um to you know give you some serious knockback uh so that you can't complete the jump. Well, let's hope that when the bird hits you you're you're on a wall instead of on the ground, you know? So that you don't get that knockback. Yeah. So I I think, you know, the if the multiple enemies that just continuously spawn in act 6, you know, didn't bother you, uh 5-2 uh for me was the one that that really killed me. Damn. Yeah, I I can't imagine it being... You know what? It it was definitely the boss that got me, so I I guess I can handle a little bit more um, uh, platforming difficulty, but I'm I'm sort of at my my level uh, with this game. Like, I don't know if I'm actually good enough to get any further, but I'll... I'm still going to play this game, so we'll we'll see. I'll I'll update you at the best of 89. So you're you're talking boss fights here, and you know I'm not and trying to insult you here by any means because um you know the boss fights do ramp up in difficulty, but they're really good boss fights and they have pretty easy tells as long as you're like willing uh to wait and and that's like that's the weird part right is for these big boss fights I would have expected more action now maybe there's something poetic about a ninja who uh, doesn't, you know, like, use brute force to take down enemies bigger than him. Like, you know, he just, <laughs> he strikes he strikes only when necessary. But, uh, you know, like, let's just break down that first boss because it's just such an easy one, right? Like yeah, he, the first one. He, he walks from side to side, uh, never, like, turns randomly, just always all the way to the left and all the way to the right. And he has, like, a pattern of when he will swing and he will always take two swings. I don't know. Something about that, especially in 1989, when we don't see that too often on these NES games, it's a very simple boss fight, but it communicates a lot to the player, and it lets you know, too, is like, you know, hey, you're like, you'll beat this guy, just take your time, man. Like, you don't have to go out there and try to swing your blade, like, seven times while he's gonna, you know, beat the crap out of you. Just get, give him two hits and dodge his two hits, then give him two hits. I really like that, and I think a lot of the bosses came down to that. I don't remember the exact boss fight of Act Four. Do, can you talk to me about it? Um, well, before I get into that, I will. I will just say that I think that it, the stage one boss included um, the boss's sort of like hitbox of trying to jump over them is is pretty big, and I think that's sort of what gave me problems even early on. 
was like even with him like he he walks to a point where you have to jump over him and i every time i freaking tried to jump over this guy i was taking damage uh because i just couldn't jump high enough even if i was on the wall so i think that's a part of it um, yeah i mean i get that cuz they totally want you they're basically forcing your hand to jump onto the walls to get like the highest wall jump yeah. you there's no way you're just jumping over that guy um from the ground exactly so i was even taking taking damage when i was doing it the supposedly correct way but the boss for act four is like two like demon baby dogs or something um that like i think they're supposed to be statues and they're on pedestals and they jump back and forth and they there's like some other uh uh uh, oh, I do. Around. I remember. I remember. Sorry, I'm going to tell you how to cheese this in a second, but uh, and, but keep going. Keep yeah, going. and I was using like I had like one of the more powerful power ups, um, and I feel like even then, like it was a crapshoot of when this was actually doing damage. I don't know if there's like a specific way to do damage, or if like you have to hit both of them at the same time, um, but it just seemed like I wasn't really making any progress with the standard way to attack these guys. So. Please tell me the cheese. So you know that there's those two pedestals, right? Yes. The, and you know, maybe maybe this didn't happen in your game, but it happened in mine. And once I figured it out on my own, I was like, you know, God bless this tactic. Like I'm gonna stick with it. Just be patient again, and it'll all ride out. <laughs> if you go under the the pedestals, the okay. way that they jump, they will always land above those pedestals in my personal opinion i never saw them go under them so So what i would do those are the safe spots and then you come out and attack as necessary now i will say that i also noticed that occasionally they will lunge at your current position ah so you do have to be prepared for that as well and and move around you can't just camp but you can alternate between the two pedestals and uh for me that was enough to take care of them Huh, okay. Well, at least that's a new strategy. We're doing this the old-fashioned way. Right, a strategy I found out on accident, which I'm sure is, like, you know, people people do know that one, but I thought, like, that was a cool gamer moment for me, you know, <laughs> to be like, I could take down these guys. Yeah, well... Without looking at a guide. I appreciate, I appreciate the help, brother. Oh, it doesn't matter, because when you get to Act 6, all of a sudden, all that stuff I was talking about with the boss fights being fair and having tells and stuff, it, it, <laughs> like, it doesn't, it's all out the window. Like, forget about it. Well, I was watching some videos, and I saw that, like, the second-to-last boss is, like, it, he has projectiles that will always follow you, and um, there's no way to shake them off, and you're, you're guaranteed to take this damage. So, I am aware of how bad they can be, but uh, please tell me your experience. So, there was something about uh, the mass devil, who turns out to be your father. Sorry if that's a spoiler alert. Uh, um, real big spoiler. But you don't no. But you can save your father if we're gonna just go further into uh, spoiler territory. You don't fight the masked devil. There is a uh, orb on the wall that is what you're really trying to attack to break free uh, his mind hold from on, the masked hold on. devil. Is this a, like an alternate? Like, can you like do one or the other, and the game goes differently? I would love that, but I'm I'm <laughs> absolutely positive that you cannot damage. Oh, uh, I see the masked devil. Um. I feel like uh, 
I feel like I tried to hit the Mass Devil just to see if it was doing anything to the en- enemy uh, health bar on the UI, and I don't think it did anything. That would have been an easier fight, though, because the Mass Devil takes up the entirety of the ground. Like, you can't, you basically can't be on the ground if, he, if you're on the same side as him, so you basically always have to be on the walls. And then the orb somehow, like, summons fireballs that are just always around you. <sighs> and that was the, that was my end point. I'm sorry. Uh, I know I should have probably looked up a strategy or something. <laughs> Maybe there's a way to cheese it. But it was just so frustrating to see after all of the other enemies on screen and taking my time and, like, and just constantly being killed uh, throughout Act 6 to then get to the f- boss rush. Remember, it's three boss fights yeah. at the end. Uh, to get to the boss rush. And then just see what, what to me, with my own eyes, looked impossible. I wasn't interested in, uh, in even looking it up and seeing how to do it. I was like, that's enough Ninja Gaiden. <laughs> well, I'm sure someday you'll, uh, you, you'll return to the well and, and try and finish it up. Well, I'm sure there are people who played this game back in 1989 who wound up beating it uh, in 2019, 30 years later. You know, like uh, I'm maybe my time is just uh, like 2049, 2059. Yeah, exactly. I I don't see why not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny though? They take the time in uh, in the boss rush at the end. They take the time to restore your health when you get to the final uh, to the to the first boss, right? Okay. So that's nice. But then if you die at any one of the particular uh, boss rush parts. You go back to the beginning of Act Six. Yeah, that's kind of a that's kind of bullshit. I I I get that at least there. I know that there was a lot of games that it was like when you die, the game's over. Start at one one, uh, and then it was sort of this uh, this sea change when the first game that we reviewed over here uh, actually had. If you die, you just go back to the beginning of the stage. Um, even if you've run out of lives. Uh, and we were so amazed by that. It's like, oh, this is finally like some mercy for the player. But I think with a game that has a boss rush, I think that there's still that need to give them a little bit more, uh, a little bit more of a hand, uh, maybe a little bit of like a health increase between bosses. Well, would you believe that the developers had the nerve to say that like, that was an accident, and then when they noticed it upon playtesting, which means that they did playtesting mm-hmm. for this game. Keep that in mind. They said that when they noticed it, they were like, oh, that's pretty cool. Let's leave it. Wow. <laughs> Unbelievable. Wow. Japanese people, you know, they just do not, <laughs> they just do not care about your feelings. Uh, <laughs> you know, think about it. It's true, though. Like, how many North American games got, like, an easy mode added to them? Like, it's so funny how how these games are tough, but you know they were designed to be like, well, we can't allow somebody to beat this in one day. Yeah, that would be a waste of money. So obviously the uh, the second boss in the boss rush is that big bad guy. Uh, how do you want to say his name? Wakio. Oh, wa- yeah. I, I I would say that it's the a, a hard J. J-, J- okay. J- Jamiroquai. Jaquio. <laughs> I'm gonna go Jamiroquai. Jamiroquai. Okay, that's weird. Uh. <laughs> but um so he's the he's the second boss and like you said he's got the fireballs that just follow you all around the stage not not nice or anything like that but would you believe that the big bad is actually like an enemy from contra uh like really? do you see this thing yeah like, it's not from contra but <sighs> like the way that it looks it's it, it's an it's, a, it's supposed to be that demon sculpture but it has like an alien like identity to it 
and it looks like again another xenomorph inspired thing yeah the but... the whole like the, the whole interior design of the final level sort of goes that direction of like this kind of xenomorphish uh kind of design Right, so it just gave me the the Contra vibes. Uh, another great game, but uh, you know, I just thought that was like it was just strange, right? Like they always have these these games always have to uh, one up themselves. Like the Masked Devil is a cool enough reveal that like you have to fight your father, right? <laughs> then they're like, no, actually, psych it. You actually do have to fight the big bad boss who's been behind everything from the beginning. And then it's like, actually, no, it was the demon sculpture, which is actually an ancient alien. You know, it's like get the heck out of here. <laughs> You know, one time they're going to make the final boss Mario. You know, it's going to be like, actually, he was behind everything. Well, that's an idea. Don't just give that away for free. Sorry. My bad. My bad. Yeah. Uh, All right. That's the boss fights. You know, while we're talking about like weird quirks, though, in the game, I think the weirdest thing I encountered. And uh, again, I'm sure that they knew that this happened and didn't care to fix it, is that if you're supposed to climb down something right like let's say you're um you're going from one part of the stage to the next and you're supposed to climb down a ladder mm-hmm. if you just jump into that pit instead which allegedly oh, leads die. to yeah you die however even if you're on the ladder and come off <laughs> as you're like right near the oh edge yeah, of the screen, I've seen, yeah you I've done still this. die yeah <laughs> that that's something else i think uh i think they just need like a special descriptor like however you program this goddamn game, like you can you can fall down those like it'll be a quick little speed running strat, you know. Just just let us fall down those pits. <laughs> yeah, I it, it wild, you know, um that 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 happened, but also like not that big of a deal. Uh, so I don't want I don't want anyone to think like you know that that like destroyed my experience of playing the game. I just thought it was again another funny thing that happened, uh, while I was playing this game because let's be honest. Uh, this game has enough randomness in terms of enemies and the way they spawn. And like, you could, you know, it seems like sometimes when you kill those birds, even though you're on the same screen, you haven't moved an inch. As soon as you kill the bird, it just respawns in the same exact spot. Am I wrong? No, you're completely correct. That's, that's one of the, that's one of the things that drive, that drives me crazy about this game. It's like, there's, there's just all these quirks of like, guys, if you, if you just fix our long list of complaints you'd have you'd have <laughs> the, the perfect, perfect game, game. <laughs> that's how it Seriously. goes all right we didn't talk about the power ups which we keep saying are cool Sean, what makes them so cool uh, well, because they're projectiles, and you can finally hit enemies at a distance. But I think what makes them feel more powerful is because they are so limited in their use, and you only get to use them like you get like spirit energy or something, and that's how it, it gauges how many shurikens you can throw or fire like showers you can throw. Um, so because they're uh, they're so uh, finite. Uh, they feel a lot more powerful. Um, so there's that. Yeah, there's the shurikens. There's the super shuriken that sort of like acts as a boomerang. And that one's interesting because you can extend that and make it kill multiple enemies just by like avoiding it. 
and it'll sort of seesaw back and forth and and destroy whatever it touches. Um, uh, there's the fire shower thing, which is just goes up in like an upper forty five degree angle. Bothered uh, me the angle. The yeah, angle I don't like that. Uh, I I hope it's more powerful, like on bosses right, or something. Like, the actual power up is cool, and the idea of like you know just like you know. Boom! Fire attack! Like I, I, you know, sure, I'm down with that. Like that's funny. Yeah. But the the angle of it proved to be very useless. Yeah, it was only for if you were lower than your enemy. So I guess I guess they nerfed it for some reason. Um, and then there's like the invincibility thing. Uh, I I don't know of any others, or maybe there was the uh, the jump and slash one. Oh yeah, jump and slash, which I thought was like separate from the rest of the power ups. Um, I thought it was like, this is like a power-up that you get to keep, uh, but then I would try it on an enemy and then die, so. <laughs> uh, yeah, that would have been that would have been nice just to have that be an ability, but uh, I don't think, like, you know, you could, do, you could do it with or without, because you can attack enemies in the air still, just not as stylish. Yes. Uh, the jump and slash lets you do, like, uh, a flip in the air with your sword out so this way you just basically kill anything that you're um which would solve a lot of our problems with connecting <laughs> yeah oh absolutely yeah totally it's just that you know how often do you have that thing that's true and also you know what's interesting the jump and slash because that becomes your um you know your attack when you're up in the air um you you have to spend the five spirit points to use it so eventually you'll just run out of spirit points and um and you just won't won't have that, and you'll have this useless power up. But you don't have to spend the five points. There actually is a command that they put in, so this way you can do the normal attack that doesn't cost any spirit points while you're in the air oh, if you have this power up. I did not know that. It's just down B instead of um, up B. I see. Okay. Yeah. Uh, sorry, not up B. It's just instead of like the B. up B is for all the other ones. Yeah. Uh, yeah. B while you're in the air. So. Uh, I didn't know that either, um, but it, it it mentions it, so I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, you know, uh, it seems like it seems like they just they they pour energy into certain areas and not others. You know that saying you only use ten percent of your brain. <laughs> well, sometimes it's true. Well, I, I actually like while we've been recording, I've just been watching um, a Ninja Gaiden playthrough, and I've been on the ending cinematic for a while like this is actually a pretty long and intense ending cinematic i told you over 20 minutes of cutscenes in this game it's it's unbelievable yeah so yeah top-notch presentation the presentation's all there uh and i think we're both in agreement that it's a fun game uh and it lays out a lot of things is there anything that we missed though sean when we're talking about this this game uh you know i don't know did we really do the birds justice in just how annoying they are <laughs> yeah can we set aside some time to uh to discuss the birds um and a moment for all of our fallen ninja brethren yeah who have fallen into countless pits due to the birds let me just say that i think that if there was a species of bird and i know that that's not that's not a possibility because there's several kinds of birds that will attack you and even some basket on it but if there was a species of bird that just angrily attacks whoever whoever comes by, those birds would all be dead. So I think that this game is completely unrealistic 
and actually does a disservice to wildlife uh, by having this kind of enemy in the game. It's just kind of wild that, like, the hardest enemy in the game is just a normal bird, you know? Um, <laughs> because because there's actually, and I'm being serious here, you know, the boss fights are another are a whole other story, but there is no harder enemy than the birds. The bats are pretty slow, easy to tell. I always felt like I could kill them pretty good. The dogs, you just jump over them. The cheetahs, those are just dogs spray-painted to look like cheetahs. <laughs> uh, you know, like, there's so many things in this game, like, all the, all the, like, the ghoul priest, or the guys <laughs> who throw their boomerangs, uh, you know, really fast, as long as you know that, like, as long as you can recognize that that's the guy who throws his boomerang really fast, you'll never get tricked into getting hit by that. So all those guys have, like, nice tells. The brown bird, and then the white bird. Oh, yeah, the white about, bird's you know, crazy. Right, they just act insane. They're just, like, I think they, I think there's something actually wrong with them, and they can't be in cahoots with the demon statue you know like they just can't be in cahoots with those guys so they're just pissed off birds for no reason uh maybe uh, and i can i can kind of see this as an explanation maybe the presence of this uh eldritch abomination uh has driven has driven the birds insane i can accept that as a story reason but i don't know why you'd want i don't know why you'd want to torture your players as much as they do yeah, if the final boss was some kind of Lovecraftian uh, bird, that would have made more sense, right? I would have been like, oh my gosh, they were behind it all along. Like, birds <laughs> birds have been on Earth so much longer than us, and we didn't know it. Uh, you know, but like, here we are, and um, I gotta say, the birds, we were warned about them on the Twitter page by many of our Nostalgia listeners. And oh, we I were. Didn't take it, yeah, and I just didn't take it seriously until... Even when they first appear, it seems harmless. They're annoying, but, like, whatever. Somewhere around Act 4, the birds just, like, get loose. Yeah, to me, I thought that when I first saw one, like, in, like, alone, I thought, like, okay, this is just sort of going to be like a Medusa head. And Medusa heads are a pain in the ass, but they're predictable enough that you can can just sort of navigate around them. But, yeah, I wasn't prepared. I should have heeded their warnings. So Ninja Gaiden came first to the Famicom under Legend of the Dragon Sword. Do you think that do you think that's cooler than Ninja Gaiden? No. I prefer Ninja Gaiden. Le- Legend of the Dragon Sword to me, uh it, that feels like a a book. <laughs> I don't a very, think that it's a video game. Uh, a a very uh poorly written paperback only uh book that sold in a scholastic a scholastic book at a uh, a book fair in elementary school or just sold in an airport somewhere and you would think that would be my piece of ninja gaiden trivia however it this game was developed and released around the same time as the beat 'em up arcade version of the exact same name uh in the states ninja gaiden did you know that there was also an arcade game named Ninja Gaiden, made by Tecmo, and that neither of the games are ports of each other, but were just parallel projects developed by different teams within Tecmo with no relation to one another. Interesting. I did not... I wouldn't think of that at all. I feel like there's a modern, like, an like an, an analogous example of that, but I can't really think of it right now. I, the I played the beat-em-up arcade version on MAME. 
Uh, I don't think I've ever even seen a cabinet of this thing in real life, but I did play it on MAME, and I gotta tell you, what an absolute dumpster fire oh, is that of bad? a game. Like, it is terrible. Huh. And it's just like, it just ruins, like, okay, so let me put it this way. All right? It's not, it's not awful, right? It's not like, oh my god. Like, I'm sure people who put the quarter in could get a quarter's worth of enjoyment out of it. <laughs> However, like... The, compared to what the NES version has laid down, I just feel so bad for those guys who were, you know, in Tecmo working on the arcade version, and then they see the NES version and they're like, "Wow, we are using like we're using better hardware. We're wow. using, you know, like we're we're doing everything. Like ours is supposed to be the money maker, and these guys are working on like a a a home console version, and it's just every bit better than ours. Like just the idea of making it a beat 'em up too is just like." You know, it, like, it, like I don't even know what would make you think that a ninja, yeah, like, that should doesn't be seem to make in a sense. Beat-em-up. I it, because a beat 'em up really uh, relies on like sort of spongy enemies, where it, it's going to take you a moment to beat each one. Where with like a ninja game, you'd think that like this whole like he's got a sword and he's just going to stab the guy and then he's going to move on to the next enemy. It doesn't seem to have the same rhythm, so. Yeah, I agree. That's a weird that that was a an odd decision for them. Yeah. Uh there will be two more NES games uh for Ninja Gaiden, uh Ninja Gaiden 2 and 3. Uh I won't reveal the subtitles because um everybody knows them except for me. <laughs> so <laughs> Uh you know, are you excited for more Ninja Gaiden? Um yeah, I I think uh if they learn their lesson, if they learn their lesson about the goddamn birds, uh I think I I think I can get on board for a sequel. All right, and then you know you know how like for the Super Nintendo Super Mario All Stars was released, which was just like a you know a remake of the the three Super Mario Brother games on the NES. So Super Nintendo had Ninja Gaiden Gaiden. N- they had Ninja Gaiden Trilogy, but I like your name better. <laughs> uh, I think that's what it should have been, Ninja Gaiden Trilogy. And you know I played this one too. And I gotta say, like, they just didn't do enough to justify it. I thought I was just gonna love the idea of playing the same game, but in 16-bit, with some tweaks and some, you know, even better presentation. They'd... But it's almost like, I don't, I don't know. Uh, like a one-to-one, or? It is it is pretty close to one-to-one. And maybe they were trying to be faithful and just say, like, it's now the game on Super Nintendo, you know? That's but weird. there's just... There a lot of those weird quirks and and programming decisions are still there, and I get it. Like maybe the, you know maybe they didn't want to do the work, but also maybe they wanted to be faithful. I don't think that's what anybody was looking for at that time, because at that rate, I'd rather just play Ninja Gaiden on my NES. Huh? Right? Like at this point, if you're just doing it that way, the only value is is that it's three games in one. Yeah, I would value. imagine because like at this point, there wasn't so much like. I feel like there wasn't, like, the purism that we see now of, like, oh, we don't need to make these more pretty. Like, everybody wanted to to experience this game in higher fidelity, I would imagine. So, I, yeah, I, I really don't understand the decision there. And Ninja Gaiden also came to the PC Engine. Uh, again, the, the very same game and everything like that. However, for some reason, like, everything in the game is, is smaller. Like, the the screen is high is obviously the same, but, like, everything has just been 
like scaled down so that backgrounds are just so much larger. And I'm not sure why they made Ryu so small, but <laughs> I couldn't get over that when I was playing this version of the game too. And I was like, huh, it's weird because this is the PC engine. It's supposed to be a very powerful console for 1994. And I just feel like, again, they just said, we're not changing what we've made since 1989. Huh. So I don't know why this keeps happening. But if you wanted more Ninja Gaiden that wasn't just the first game remade for different consoles and different ports and stuff, maybe you would check out the Ninja Gaiden uh, OVA, uh, which I will link to in the show notes because it's available on YouTube. It is a uh, 30-minute anime that um, takes place right after Ninja Gaiden 2, so maybe you should wait to watch this until that episode. But I I looked over the animation. It gave me uh, even more Golgo 13 vibes. Huh. Yeah, for a second there, I thought an OVA was the name given to, like, fan-made remixes that, like, put, like, new metal um, over the top of anime footage. Is that a different thing? I have no idea, uh, because <laughs> I think that's I think that's an FMV, right? Is that fan-made an FMV? video. Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> uh, OVA, I don't really exactly know what that stands for, because uh, for some reason, like, the internet is really adamant about putting OVA on everything like that, but I can't tell the difference between an OVA and an anime. Huh. You know, so I don't know what makes them different. Maybe it's like a budget level, but that's the best of my guess. Obviously, we have the Xbox games. Uh, the reputation of these difficult games, uh, you know, held Ninja Gaiden away from a lot of people, Maya and Sean included. Mm-hmm. But they, they do exist, and they exist on a variety of platforms now. Like, first they were Xbox games, but now I think you can play them on even um, the latest. Well, not, not the latest latest, but play them on, like, the PS3 huh. and the Xbox One, I think, because of backwards compatibility. So there's three of those. Did not know they must that. be good. Yeah. And if anybody who's listening to this and is like, wow, I love Ninja Gaiden. Can't believe you guys said anything bad about it. Well, have I got a video game for you? It's called The Messenger, and it is a must-play. <laughs> it is messenger? a must-play video game. It's, a me- it's called The Messenger. It's absolutely Ninja Gaiden-influenced. It's available on Steam. It's available everywhere. Uh, I, you know, Switch, PS4, whatever, like PS5. Probably you know the too. guy that made this game, Mike? Are you just shilling? I, I don't even know the guy who made this game. I played The Messenger long before I played Ninja Gaiden, and uh, I love the crap out of that game. And so I'd say, like, you know how we were talking about Marble Madness, and now we have <laughs> Super Monkey Ball? Yeah. Like, this is the same kind of stretch. Okay. We had Ninja Gaiden. Now we have The Messenger. Like, it just it does feel strange though, right? That there is there's no Marble Madness sequels, and now Ninja Gaiden is also kind of dead. Where is Ninja Gaiden? Why can't Tecmo? Why why didn't Tecmo make Ninja Gaiden four on the Super Nintendo? Right, this is Where's not, Ninja Gaiden four five six seven? This is not anywhere near as dead as Marble Madness <laughs> because of the more recent games. Uh, I think that it's due. I'm sure that there's going to be more freaking Ninja Gaiden games. Uh, yeah, but it disappeared for like 16-bit, 64-bit, 128-bit, if that was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I think it's due for, you know, you know how, how they make with franchises now. I'm sure they'll, they'll be a new Ninja Gaiden game on the PS5 or 6. Well, I'll tell you, the next time we'll see Ryu. Okay. Super Smash Brothers. I mean, what is taking so long? This guy absolutely deserves to be a character <laughs> in Super Smash Brothers. I thought they were done. Aren't they done? I don't think they're done. You think there's going to be more? 
I think that no, there isn't there more. I don't know. I thought they were done I, after five. No, 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 dude, dude. There's a whole other pack. Come on, come on. You know about this. Sephiroth was announced and everything. Yeah, yeah. I know. I mean, I thought yeah, they yeah. were done after like the the fifth. Uh, what's it called? Like uh, fighter pack or whatever the fuck. Eh, I don't know. They got they're not making video games. They might as well make DLC. Yeah. Uh, you know. But here's the thing, Ryu. If he never goes into this, this version of Smash, the ultimate version, right? That's that's a missed opportunity. They finally got Simon in there, and it feels weird that, like, another one of... And keep in mind, he's a Tecmo character, so that's not even, like, overlap with anybody else. Like, that's a that's a good new introduction. I think they need... For, I think before you give Ryu a chance, you need to give Vector Man a chance. Hmm. Or what about Pepsi Man? Or, yeah, or the uh, Cappy, or, Ca- like, I forgot, the 7-Up the guy. <laughs> Oh, Cappy is from, uh, I was thinking of from Super Mario Odyssey. No, that's no. That's really funny. Sorry, uh, the 7-Up the spot. Yeah, what they really need is a Fire Emblem character. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> all, uh, all right. I think we're, we're starting to go on tangents here, but uh, to recap, tons of Ninja Gaiden games to play through, and we'll play through some of them. Does that sound fair? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good to me. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about if we're ever going to play this one again in a special version of the Essential Games list where we phone in Sam and Joe, who could not make it to the actual episode, but will record their votes because, I don't know about you, I think this is kind of an important episode we should hear from everybody before we uh, before we decide our final vote. So we we are going to vote, they are going to vote, and then we're going to react accordingly based on everyone's vote. We'll know. In... The Essential Games List. Sean, you only get one vote, so use it wisely. What is the vote? Um, so I think that while this game has a lot of my frustrations from a lot of lesser titles, um, and I think it's very easy to improve upon it, I, 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 the presentation of this game is so well done, and... I think that's more than that that's that's more than the majority of the experience of a game like this. Uh I think I do have to put this on the essential games list because a game that can frustrate me but still give me the enjoyment that I crave from a game, uh that's that's sort of rare. Um so my vote is for essential. That is one vote for the essential games list. And here's my controversial take on Ninja Gaiden. We have recorded uh, 170 episodes so far. And that is, that's a lot uh, of games to play. And we've seen a lot of good, a lot of bad, and a lot of really bad. And after my time with Ninja Gaiden, I can pretty much confidently say this is my new favorite NES game. This is the one. Wow. This is the one so far. This is the one that dethrones Castlevania, even though it plays the Castlevania playbook. I mean, if they ever wanted to figure out a way to improve on the formula, might as well just wait a couple years, see what Castlevania did, and then do it again, right? Like, I I really enjoyed this game here, and it's funny because I feel like I misled a lot of people with all my uh, complaints, but I gotta be honest, when this game is good, it is really good. It is really, really good, and I really enjoyed it. And yes, there are annoying things in this game, but you can overcome anything in this game, including me. I will beat this game someday, 
And <laughs> that's exciting. That's exciting that like this is what this is right now like the best game I think I've played on the on the console and I haven't even beaten it. So I'm going to be going back to this one a lot. I I kind of knew uh within like an hour of playing the game that this was going to be on the essential games list, but as I continued to play it, I was like, man, like it's just got to go on. So hopefully everybody else agrees as well. Well, let's hear them. Hey guys, um since you haven't heard from me yet, I'm going to give a nice long list of pros and cons of Ninja Gaiden as I do my essential game vote. So I'll start with the pros because I got to admit, I loved this game. I really had a blast playing it. And I feel like um, one of the biggest parts of that was because of how fast and concise the gameplay was. I feel like a lot of other games that we've played that are kind of in this genre were had like maybe hitboxes didn't feel right or something about your the motion of your attack didn't feel right and this feels um it it really makes you feel like a ninja i don't know if it's something just about the the motion of the slash or just how i think part of it might have to do with how almost every enemy is a one hit ko so it feels like you're really good at kind of uh dealing with these enemies pretty quickly and efficiently um, so if overall it just feels really good to play. And a lot of that also comes from that sort of parkour element of having the like wall jump ability, which also f- gives you that real, that real ninja, ninja feel, um, and makes you kind of think about the level, you know, and although it never gets like particularly puzzly, it makes you think about the level in a different way, like the verticality of it and how many jumps do you need to take to get between, between two walls to get up to where you are while avoiding the enemies and everything. There's a lot, a lot going on. Um, secondly, my, my second pro is that it's, it's bite-sized, so you can, I feel like you can kind of sit down in an afternoon and, and try and, and try and beat Ninja Gaiden, but also it's definitely challenging enough that it's going to take you some time to master. So even if you feel like you want to, you want to blow through the game, like, it's not, it's, it's not too easy, like, that's for sure. Um, so I think that the, the balance between like the length of the game and the challenge, they hit that pretty well. I, I will say maybe towards the end, there are a couple, couple points that I think get, uh, for, for me personally, or I, I could, uh, use a little less of a challenge, but for the most part, I think it was pretty, pretty balanced, uh, and like a good way to sort of extend the length of, of, a, of a pretty short game. Uh, and then finally, the, there's a very ambitious story and yeah it, it made me chuckle a few times at how they tried to cram like a really really convoluted plot into this small game but i actually do think they did a decent job of uh of telling this this story and if i were a kid in the 80s playing this game just knowing how i was as a kid i would have it would have drawn me in hook line and sinker i would have eaten that that up even though there are obviously a lot of points where the story is super rushed and plot elements seem almost to come out of nowhere sometimes uh, it's maybe it's a little over ambitious for the way that they're telling it, but I still appreciated how robust they tried to make it. Um, so I really, uh, I kind of respected it for that. And I actually am interested in where the story goes. I, I want to play the sequel now after, uh, after seeing the ending, um, to jump into the cons real quick, this one's kind of, uh, you know, it's, it didn't need this necessarily, but I think that this game is begging for a co-op mode. And I wish that there was a way that you could jump in and play co-op. Um, because it just, it just feels like the perfect game to, to kind of almost like that Ninja Turtles vibe that you get, we get from games that we'll see in the future of like jump in with a friend and try and beat these levels together. So I I did think that 
uh, that that was sort of lacking. I I, I thought this would be the perfect game for it, but you can't really fault it because, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's early. So like they haven't, maybe they haven't figured it out like that. That's where this could go yet. Um, another con, a big thing that kind of, uh, affected my, my experience was I think turning it, it, just turning from left to right can be a little janky and, and not really feel as concise as, as the way I was talking about earlier. Um, where, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the attacks are very concise. A lot of times if something comes up from behind me, you need to turn way too way earlier than you feel like you need to turn in order to actually uh hit the enemy before it hits you. So like I think that a lot of times kind of hindered my my experience of like making me feel like a ninja. It didn't really uh didn't really help to have that little like almost there's almost like a lag to to when you turn around which which really threw a wrench in the whole like be fast and and quickly dispatch your enemies thing. Um, and finally, my last uh, my last con is that sometimes the enemy placement, while while overall I think that they did a good job of like just it's not just completely random like we've seen in other games where like they 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 did place things um, in what seemed like uh, deliberate deliberate spots to make a good level, but a lot of times like you'll kill an enemy, but it'll just keep spawning over and over again, and that felt a little like random and like like you're just being mobbed. And, and I think that sort of takes away from how much they, um, how much thought they put into the placement overall. That that it doesn't really matter if you take something out; you have to keep moving, or else like it'll just keep spawning. Now that didn't happen all the time. There were just a few, more than a few instances that I felt like that was a, a major hindrance. So, so those are my lists of pros and cons, and I, and I'll say that although that there are a couple of moderate to significant cons, they do not. Uh, outweigh the pros even close for me i mean i think that i think that this game was fantastic i think that it's uh it's definitely worth worth playing and and i i'm gonna give it an essential vote so i think that this game is possibly the most polished game that we've seen in making this podcast it has an entire story in it with cutscenes, which i've never seen in the nes before it's got really fun mechanics the art is amazing and it's maybe the most ambitious game that we've seen uh at all and it's definitely one of the best executed games and it's just hard to find anything really wrong with it unless you just don't like this kind of game but it's an amazing game and it deserves a place on the essential games list and it seems that the correct destiny has has come to light here. Yeah, I I guess you could say that um, Ninja Gaiden is an essential game. Hooray! I had to say it that way because we, you know, when we do it like this, I don't get to say that, you know. So now now that's like that's when it's official. I think there's a moment beforehand where you know we do the votes and the listeners at home aren't necessarily counting like. Okay, wait, how many yays, how many nays? So I have to say that. I have to say this is now an official essential game before it uh, can be blessed on the list. Yeah, I think that's actually in the uh, the charter. Right, which uh, anybody can get a copy of. We're, <laughs> we're happy to send those. Uh, only via mail, though. So, you can, you know, it's like a whole thing. Yeah, who, can, who wants yeah. a PDF of something like that? 
Yeah, and then you got to sign up for USPS informed delivery. Uh, it's like, it's honestly, it's a whole thing. I don't want to get into it. But if you do need to see the charter legally, we can provide it to you. We do hope that um, we do hope that this is a consolation for the people that uh, wanted other games on the list um, or want other games off the list. Like you know, we we, we do most of our voting uh, to curry favor with a certain camp of people. Well, you know, I think that's a good point, though, Sean, right? Like, there are certain people who are probably upset that Zelda 2 is not on the Essential Games list, (laughs) and some of them are on this podcast. But, (laughs) you know, I think every every episode, right, is about identifying the current game in the scope of, uh, of the chronological exploration. And so right now, in our history of doing the podcast, Ninja Gaiden is really solid and I, I think deserves to be on the essential games list. You know, could things change in the best of 89? Probably not likely, but that's what, that's what we do here on the show is like, you know, we look at the games at face value. Then we look at them in the context of every NES game. And then we look at them again, retroactively. So I think in in a way, even though right now we only have nostalgia, by the end of the show, like by the end of the show's run, we will have nostalgia. Oh god, that was that was make that made me cry. You made me well, pee my pants. I didn't mean to. <laughs> but it can't be undone. <laughs> there was a time in first grade where I wanted it to be undone and it just the universe wouldn't let that happen. Yeah. So what's done is done. It, and uh, right. Ninja Gaiden's essential. Ninja Gaiden's essential. We're still posting on Twitter at NostalgiaCast. We're still recording episodes every Friday. Those three things are true. <laughs> but do you know what's not true? What's well, not true, Mike? What's not true is whether or not we knew the results of the essential games list during the recording of the episode. Uh, I don't know if you want to tell people that. No, it's true, Sean. They need to know. There is an alternate version of this very episode that was recorded in the uh, weird situation that the uh, Ninja Gaiden game, as we know it, was not put on the essential games list. And that version will be buried uh, (laughs) in a graveyard. I thought you were going to say that it's available somewhere. No, no, absolutely not. That That is one version for the nostalgia collectors out there, the people who collect every single episode. <laughs> um, don't worry, the NFTs are coming, and you can buy the <laughs> NFT versions of each of our episodes. But you will never be able to listen to the version where Ninja Gaiden was not put on the Essential Games list. Yeah, you don't want to mess now, with timelines like that. Right. Do we do that for every single game? No. Because we're all in the same room. Right, we're all in the same room. But uh, this particular situation, we had to do that. Now, do I practice in the mirror what would happen if people (laughs) voted no on games I want to be yes? Absolutely. I've had to prepare myself for that every single day since Metroid. Ever since the Metroid episode, I've had to prepare for the fact that my other uh, podcasters might uh, go against my wishes. (laughs) Which he's been trying very hard not to let us do since then. Right. But this is a fair show. This is a uh, democratic show, and everybody's votes are equal um, until I can change the charter to make them so that they're not, you know, uh, which is something that Sean writes. So I don't know how much power I have over that. Yeah. So, again, if you want to read that charter, just reach out to uh, 
Sean, uh, you know, on the on on the handles that he usually provides to you guys. Yeah, um, it's you pretty easy them. to get a hold of. Yeah. yeah, you remember them. But if you want to reach out to Nostalgia, you do that at NostalgiaCast on Twitter. We're posting new episodes every single Friday. Uh, we got a pretty mediocre game coming up next week. It's like uh, World Games or something. Kind of but don't spoiler. let that discourage you. Yeah. Well, no, no, I didn't mean it like. Uh, mediocre games can show up on the essential games list. Look at look at some of the games on the list. Uh, but so much salt. that doesn't mean <laughs> that doesn't mean that um, that you shouldn't listen to that episode because you hopefully you join us like we look forward to you joining us. <laughs> I don't know if that makes any sense. But I'm Michael Esposito. You can find me at Esposito Film on Twitter. Have a great weekend if you're listening to this on a Friday. Have a great Monday if you're listening to this on a Sunday. And it's going to be an okay Tuesday if you're listening to this on a Monday.